Welcome to Step Up, the podcast where we learn to advocate like a woman. I'm your host, Ellen Troxclair. Each week, we talk to a different leader about how she became active in policy and politics. Whether it's joining an organization or running for office, I hope you come away feeling not only supported and inspired, but determined to step up and be a part of shaping your community and country. Hi, I'm Ellen Troxclair, and I'm here with Libby Zabo of Colorado. Uh, Libby and I got to know each other through the American City County Exchange. She is a county commissioner in Colorado uh, and served at the same time that I was on the Austin City Council. So we were both in an organ- a nationwide organization that brought local elected officials together to talk about uh, policy and politics and co- come up with uh, best practices that we can enact in our own cities. But she is uh, an inspirational person, an amazing leader, and she's a mom of four. And I'm so excited to, to have you here today. Well, thank you, Ellen. It's my pleasure, and I'm so excited. Tell us kind of how you, very the very first time that you kind of started to get involved in politics and why, what really inspired you to, to, to do it? So basically, my inspiration goes back to when I was just a little girl. My mother was involved in the politics in her area. She would always go to her caucus. And I don't know if everyone has the caucus system, but in Colorado, we do. And she would drag me along with her. And I'd sit in the corner and color or whatever. I had no clue I was at a caucus. I just knew I was. But as I got older and we would go, you know, every two years to the caucus and see her get involved, it instilled something into me that, you know, if we want to see our communities be what we want, we have to say something. Right. And we have to be part of that. And so as I turned 18 and, you know, started voting, I went to my caucus because that's what we did. Right. (laughs) And so I got involved there and I became, you know, a delegate to our assemblies and conventions and things like that and was able to realize that at that point, you know, my one voice is speaking for about 5,000 citizens. And I thought that was very powerful. And I liked that. And you're elected at these things, so it's your peers electing you to go and speaking for mm-hmm. them. And so that's kind of how I got involved in it. And then once uh, my party saw that I like to volunteer and do things, they wrangled me for a whole bunch of stuff. and But I could have said yes or could have said no. And I kind of just dabbled in the party politics for probably a good 20 years before I ran for office. And it was a great place to... I have four children, and they were very rambunctious and in all kinds of activities when they were young. But this was a place where I could go to do something that I realized was my passion. Hmm. And I could do it really strongly for four months every two years. And so I could see that light at the end of the tunnel that if I work really hard, then I can just get back into life and and kind of, you know, rearing the kids and making sure, helping out our family business and just doing things that 
life brings. So four months every two years. And was that because the that's the amount of time that the caucus met? No, that's the election cycle. So ah. as I volunteered in my party, you know, walking door to door for candidates or dropping off literature or there were a lot of meetings in that election cycle time, but it was once every two years. Okay. So it was a really good fit. So the the caucus, it sounds like it's similar to, um, is it like a precinct chair or it's through it's mm-hmm. through your party organization? Yes. So for people who might not know, um, well, I don't know. They, people who are listening might not know if they identify as a as a Republican right. or a conservative or 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 kind of what labels they put on it. Um, but that was the. It sounds like the party was kind of your initial path into into politics to begin with. But what were so how practically how do people find out if they wanted to look up those meetings and figure out what they could attend? Practically, sure. what do they do? Well, nowadays it's much easier with the internet. So I think you can look up whatever um, county you live in and look it up on the internet and find, you know, you kind of have to identify with a party Mm because they're run by the parties and there's several different parties. I don't know if every state has organized um, party organizations for each party but the two major parties there definitely is and I think you can just do a quick google search of your county and their party and get to their website and there's a lot of information and if you don't find what you need on there I'm sure there's a phone number to their chairman. Well, and something to think about is for for those people who say, well, you know, I used to be a Republican, but I just don't agree with the direction that the party is going. Or I um, thought I was a Democrat, but um, there's some issues that I don't agree with. Where those policies are made that the party follows, it starts with people like you being involved at the local level, right. um, kind of making, put, putting those policies, idea, ideas and issues forward, right? Exactly. Back to my first point, right? If you're not involved in your community, you don't have a say in how it's going to look. And that's exactly right. It's those few people that I said, I, I'm voting for 5,000 people because that's about a precinct mm-hmm. um, in my community. And um, so it's my voice out there. And everybody has that opportunity. You know, sometimes you show up to your caucus every two years and there's four people there. And it's the same four people that were there before. And we're making all the decisions. And I don't know if that's necessarily healthy. So, and I guess that probably really prepared you. I mean, one thing that I find when I talk to women um, about, you know, why don't you think about running for office? Their first response is... Well, you know, I'm, and I just don't know enough. I'm not qualified enough. Um, I, they, they think that there's some kind of pedestal or some kind of degree or some kind of right. level that you need to reach in order to be qualified, um, which is not true. But, but I would guess in your case, kind of that initial involvement uh, on, a, on a volunteer basis for that many years probably really prepared you or helped you just be more confident in your beliefs and to know um, that you were perfectly capable and competent of, uh, of running if you wanted to and really making a difference in that way as well. Well, I think um, as I've been in, involved 
in. Um, I spent a little over four years in the state legislature, and now I'm on my fifth year as county commissioner. And I think what really is qualifies you to be a state legislator or is an investment in your community mm-hmm. and the passion for your community and seeing how it's molded. I think that's the number one thing because as I served with a bunch of different people, you know, I went in with my knees shaking and thinking I can't do this and then I met some people and I thought if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> So, so it was still, it sounds like it was still was a little bit outside of your comfort zone. A little bit, yeah. And you had yeah. to just, you I know, had to learn. Yeah, right? you had to learn. But the, the that passion and uh, kind of just genuine wanting to make a difference in your community, that is something that I feel like so many women already just naturally have. You know, women are the, the advocates for their families, right? right. They're the ones that are um, often most involved in their child's education mm-hmm. and their child's school. And mm-hmm. um, they do care about what, you know, they they they, they um, get involved if there's a development issue happening right. nearby their neighborhood. So it's, it's, it's almost like those same qualities that make uh, women across the country who are not involved in politics that make them great advocates for their own families, those qualities also translate into making great advocates in an elected official capacity for their communities. You bet. I I truly believe that. When I was first asked to run um, by my party, um, the, the head of my state party came to me and I thought he was going to ask me to run my county for the state party. I was positive he was going to ask me. Well, that wasn't what he was going to ask me. He asked me to run for the state Senate. And I looked at him and I said, oh, gosh, I'm so flattered. But no, thank you. But when you find a candidate, maybe I'll run their campaign. Right. And he was shocked. He's like, really? Yeah, I said, really? So he went back and rustled up a bunch of people to call me and say, he said, I said, why would you ask me? Because I felt like, well, I don't have a, you know, a political science degree or Mm -hmm. I don't know this or not. He said, you're a perfect fit for your community. You are your community and everything you've done. And I never thought about it that way. Um, But I was always involved. My mom taught me always be involved, serve your community in whatever capacity. And I've, you know, worked in Sunday school at my church. Um, I've coached youth soccer. I mean, in the capacities where I felt passionate about, I would serve. And I've encouraged my children to do the same thing. So even so, even though you had all of that experience at uh, being involved in the party, your your first your initial inclination was still to say no. Oh yeah, I never had ever thought about that. I had managed campaigns. I had you know worked in the party, and I was good, good doing that. Yeah. I never. I was like in shock. So what? So what was it? How? What was it that changed your mind? So I spoke to my husband, and um, we had a lot of conversations. We had a lot of prayers um, to see if that's a a good thing for our family at this point. And we ended up talking to our children. They were old enough to kind of be able to weigh in and know what that would entail. And um, we came to the conclusion, maybe this is the way we are to serve our community. Mm -hmm. So was 
was that a full time? Uh, so you ran, so you ran for senate. I ran for state senate state in senate. 08, and I lost by one percent. Oh my gosh! Oh Are my you gosh. serious? I'm serious. And so it was very much of a learning experience. So my the head of my state party is back to me in February and said, "You actually won the pre the the." Um, House district you live in, you just didn't get enough votes in the other. You should run for the house district. And oh. I said, well, I need to see that data first because uh-huh. they like to tell you a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And it's, I needed the numbers. So through make a long story short, through the numbers, um, it, it looked promising. And um, my husband and I said, maybe this is the way oh, we're it. supposed to serve. So I run, I ran, and in the end, they were uh, really dropping a lot of bombs on me. And he looked at me and he goes, you might not be so lucky this time. You just might win. Uh-huh. And he was right. <laughs> so off I go. Um, I always would say, little Libby's all grown up, and off I go to the state legislature, and um, my whole focus was to make a difference there, not just for my family, but for all the families in Colorado. I wasn't there um, because something had happened to my family or anything like that. I was there to make sure my state was the best it could be. I see so many candidates who try one time, and... um, they don't make it, so they just go away, and they're mm-hmm. never involved in anything else. And somebody told me a story one time that Abraham Lincoln ran seven times before he Is that right? won. Oh, I didn't know that. So thank God I didn't have to do that and right. lose that many times. Right. But, um, you know, I think if you're that passionate uh, about what you do and where you are to serve your community, you just have to keep trying. So... I mean, I yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I've known you for mm-hmm. uh, for a long time now, but I had never heard that story about uh, you running for Senate and, and kind of that motivating you then to run for, for State House. So you served. Okay, so then what? So you served in the Colorado House of Representatives. I did. For? A little over four years. Okay. And then a vacancy came on my county's commission. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, it, it was so contentious at the state legislature, and I'm, I'll argue with the best of them, but constantly arguing, I mean, I would go home with a headache. I, right. And, and so I thought, you know, I'm just going to sign up and see. So 11 people applied, and they picked me. Um, I said, you know, I had to uh, stop um, banging my head against the marble walls mm-hmm. at the state capitol. And uh, go to the commission because right. that was basically what happened. And it's so much less contention, te- contentious. It's very community based. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because I would say to people at the state capitol, where are we the people? Because the only people that would come testify were like lobbyists and an industry people. Right. And I'd, be, I would, I'd say, where are we the people? Right. This is going to affect the people on the outside of this building. Where are they? Well, now, it, as being in the county commission, we the people come all you the see, time. Oh, you see and them. I, I, I like that more. Right. I like solving real tangible problems, not people being paid to, to be there. To, right. So was there, do you, do you feel like, so even though the house might have been kind of the bigger representing more constituents maybe 
No. No, okay. So in my house district, there were about 70,000 people, but I did speak for the state of Colorado. Right, right. But my house district was about 70, 75,000 people. My county is about 600,000 people. Okay. And I have to run countywide. Okay. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, at large. So, because we have, I think we have this idea of the levels of government in your in our head, you know, that there's city council, and then there's the county, and then there's the state, and then there's the federal government. Um, but it sounds like you're saying that you feel like you have more impact and more influence as a county commissioner. You bet I do. Um, you can get more done. And I believe it's more rewarding, and it mm-hmm. goes a heck of a lot faster mm-hmm. than it ever did at the state. Interesting. It is. Uh, well, I, I love your story because you are such a great representation of just all of getting involved in so many different capacities, whether it's through the party or um, at the county level or at the state level. And I think you really helped to kind of clarify or break some uh, stereotypical beliefs about where is where where do you, where you have to start, you know, because huh. um, you started just running for the Senate. Yeah. Well, you know, I encourage women to find their passion and something that they can just work into their everyday life and start there and see where it takes you. You just never know. I never in a million years, when I look back on the last 10 years, I'm like, what? How, <laughs> How did, did I you find good? How did I yeah. find myself in this position? Yeah. But don't, but feel like it was the right path for you, yeah, right? Don't regret it for a second. Totally. No. Totally um, and so right what path. is, what is, so that, I guess that's your advice for other women who are um, maybe not sure what the right way mm-hmm. is to get involved. Right. Just to, well, to look at what opportunities kind of can fit into their current lifestyle. Right. And, you know, I really feel it's so important to get involved in that, that public arena and people shy away maybe from politics. But you know what? If you don't get involved in it and have a say, it is certainly involved in a lot of aspects of your life right now. So you're not going to stay, you're not going to keep away from it. Mm-hmm. You might as well be the voice and the advocate for how you want it to be. That's true. That's so true. Well, you are uh, certainly an inspiration um, serving in all those capacities and raising a family and working in a working in a family business to boot. Uh, and do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you if they have any follow up questions? Sure. Um, you can go to um, my um, email. I have an email, Libby at LibbyZabo.com. And how do you spell that last name of yours? S-Z-A-B-O. And Libby is L-I-B-B-Y. Okay. And uh, I know you have a website because I read all about your bio there. Uh, I probably might need to be updated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure just to, to get to know you better. And thank you for all you do for the people of Colorado. You bet, Ellen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Do you have a story or a question you want answered? Send me a note at ellen at stepuppodcast.com. Also, give Step Up a rating and review in Apple Podcasts so we can reach and inspire more women. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm Ellen Troxclair. Thanks for listening. Now go advocate like a woman.